Hey there, believers. Let's get through this commercial break first so we can enjoy a full show. Do you want to be prepared for anything that could happen in day-to-day life or when disaster strikes? From the office to the outdoors, then please go to SquatchSurvivalGear.com and check out the packs that they have to offer. They're made in America, and I mean every single piece of fabric, hardware, buckle, and frame. All the labor, too, is right here in America. So when you buy from Squatch Survival Gear, you're supporting multiple small businesses right here at home. I've become good friends with Chris. Um, He's a military vet. So all of these packs are made to mill spec. All right, so they're all military standard packs. They're good for everything. These things are virtually bomb proof. I promise you, I own two of them. I have the Rock Ape and the Mothman pack. They cannot be beaten. I've I've had gear all my life. I had gear in the military. I have gear when I go hunting. I have gear for camping. The Squatch Survival gear changes the game. All right, I, I take one to work every day. I take the Mothman pack with me to work. Just use it as a regular backpack, but it's so functional. It's it's just unbelievable quality. All right, so please go to SquatchSurvivalGear.com. Now, to save 15% site-wide, I encourage you to use promo code 23BUMP. That's 23BUMP to save 15% site-wide. Hosea 4.6 says, my people are destroyed from a lack of knowledge. So now that we have this knowledge, we have to remember to walk in 2 Timothy 1.7, which says, for God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. When he turned his back, from shoulder to shoulder, looked like as wide as the tailgate of a truck. This thing let out the most blood-curdling, mind-blowing, spine-tingling scream that you've ever heard in your life, and it cut through me like a knife. And I knew that they were going to take me. I just knew it. And then the next thing I can remember is being levitated. Well, when I look in there, uh, I see two big eyes staring back at me. Hello and welcome. You're listening to The Bump Podcast, a place for the believers of the unexplained, monsters, and paranormal. Join us, and we'll go face-to-face with what goes bump in the night. Hey there, believers. I got a great episode for you this week. Uh, this one's different. This is this is good. Um, not that they're not all good. I mean, they're all good, but this is, I, I like this. I'm bringing on uh, Brandy and Dave together. Um, I don't know if they want their last names said yet or not. I don't think it's a problem, but just to make sure I'm bringing them on together. Um, Dave was on tony show the confessionals on episode 426 
to talk about his experiences. Now, when he did that, he did not reach out to Tony. His wife did. And much the same, his wife has reached out to this show uh, to, to share their experiences and to bring Dave to talk about his stuff. I think they, uh, you know, they're going through things together, but I believe they have two different ideas maybe as to what's going on. And I'm just, I'm super interested in this. We're going to get into uh, the Salem witch trials. Uh, Dave's apparently related to one of the first um, alleged witches. Um, also, we're going to get into his personal experiences and her experiences here the last few years too. Um, fascinating topic. I listened to just about 15 minutes of him when he was on Tony's show. I didn't want to go any further because I like to have things um, revealed to me for the first time. You know, I don't, I don't like to do too much of a background check. Um, I, I like to learn it as the audience is learning it. You know what I mean? So that makes for a more authentic show. And uh, I cannot wait to get this one started. Also, since you're here and you're, you probably got a device somewhere near you. Please be sure to leave me a five-star rating and review on no matter what you listen to it on. If it's Spotify, if it's Apple, whatever, I would greatly appreciate that, um, that five-star review. It helps to stay up in the rankings and the ratings. Um, and, you know, that's the lifeblood of this stuff, uh, to stay in the charts, to stay um, current, that, and sharing the show. So if you could share the show, go ahead, give it a five-star review. Um, share it on social media if you want to. Send it to your friends that you think might like weird stuff. Send it to your friends that you think are Christians and would want to hear this kind of content. Send it to your friends who absolutely refuse to believe in anything. And let's see if we can chip away and open them up to believing in the unexplained monsters and paranormal. Okay? Um because it's it's a very supernatural world that we live in. And I'm just excited to be a part of it. And I'm excited to share your stories. Um, that's that's all I'm doing here. You guys are contacting me for the most part. Sometimes I reach out if I find something interesting, like I did with uh, with Megan on TikTok and with uh, several others, you know, with Vicki Joy Anderson and uh, Gary Wayne and them. Uh, I, I get, you know... I get things that I'm I'm fond of as well, and I like to talk about these things. So I, I bring them on and share the conversation with you guys. And I, I hope that it's going to continue to be successful. It's been great. We're closing in on uh, four years soon. Actually, we're about three and a half years in right now. Um, it's just been it's been wonderful that watching the show grow, take it take its own direction almost right out of the gate and it's just progressed as we uncover things as we learn things and dots are getting connected um you know for years i've said everything's connected and how true that's proven to be um as more things are revealed to us there's an episode i want you guys to check out that i was on appalachian intelligence if you haven't listened to it yet please go to Appalachian Intelligence Podcast and 
look at one of their more recent episodes. It wasn't that long ago. Um, they've got my name listed on it, and it's about uh, Bigfoot and about Lilith. I'll probably share something of this extent um, on my show as well, but you know, I was a guest on theirs, and I just unloaded um, lots of thoughts, and we just we we just spitballed all together, and it was wonderful. I loved it. Um, I was glad to be a part of that, and I just want to thank you guys again for bringing me on that show. All right, I'll stop babbling. Let's bring on Brandy and Dave, and jump into this really good story. Let's go. And good afternoon. Uh, it's it's been an interesting day. Just found out that I'm going to be on a podcast uh, talking a little expanded uh, story time about my life growing up. Uh, one of the one of the things that I think is is interesting, and I spend a fair amount of time up in the Boston area. I travel a lot. Is uh, a distant relative of ours uh, named Bridget Bishop was the first witch that was uh, hanged at trial, uh, accused and hanged. And I had no idea of this as a child, found out later in life uh, through some research. And it started answering uh, some questions for me as far as attachments and things that my grandmother would talk about. Uh, my grandmother used to scare the bejesus out of us uh, as kids by telling us that, that witchcraft ran in her family and that her aunts and her two sisters were all witches and they were practicing witches. And she would tell us stories about them. And I mean, we would just be terrified, which kind of led into me later in life. I was, I was five and six at the time, so I didn't really pay a lot of attention. Um, but I also had an experience with Hatman in my bedroom growing up. And mm. I just figured everybody experienced something like that. I didn't didn't pay a whole lot of attention uh, to wanting to tell people about it. I didn't, I didn't want to share that information. I was terrified at night. Uh, this guy was there every single night. Uh, it didn't matter how I adjusted the light in my room. Didn't matter if I had a stereo that was on or off. Didn't matter if I closed my blinds and sealed everything. I could see him standing in the same place every night. He was darker than dark. Uh, so you could turn all the light out. You could still make out the figure. And he was there consistently every single night from the time I was probably in, oh, sixth grade uh, up until I went to high school and we moved. And that particular figure did not relocate with us, but he was in that particular house. Wow. And I really never told anybody about it. And then here we are, what, 35 years later, and you've got all these paranormal shows on, and we're watching TV one night, and, and, and there's a whole expose that, uh, and I think it was Ghost Adventures or somebody that was talking about a hat man. And I just, the, the, my, the hair on the back of my neck stood up. I was like, whoa, wait a minute. I had, I had this thing when I was a kid that was exactly that. So then I got into really delving into what the theories are of Hatman and whether or not if we're living in a simulation, is Hatman an observer? It, are they the observers that come in and watch and the NPCs that are there? 
So, uh, you know, there's been a little research on what the, what the theory is around a hat man and why they're, they're there and what their purpose is. But, uh, you know, nothing definitive. And, uh, you know, Brandon and I had that conversation after we saw the show. I said, you won't believe this, but growing up, I had this in my bedroom for years. And I was terrified every night of it. And then you just, I kind of got used to it. But it was there every single night. Sometimes and, it was wearing a hat, sometimes it wasn't. Yeah, I mean, sometimes hat, sometimes not. But most of the time, there was a hat associated with it. And this figure was just denser and darker than the dark. And I slept with the darkest room possible. Yeah. And you can still see this thing. Wow. Okay. That's, yeah. That you came out firing on. I love it, man. <laughs> uh, yeah, we're, we're, I want to get into this hat man, but first let me back up to your grandmother here. Mm -hmm. Now she had these stories about her aunt. Her aunt. She had yeah. She had uh, she had aunts that were twin sisters, and they were both practicing witches, and they lived in rural eastern Kentucky. And she would tell a story about you know you live and die back then by your livestock, and they had a milk cow. And she told a story about how she woke up one morning and one of her aunts was this little tiny figure and had the pointed hat on sitting on her chest and told her she needed to get up. Her cow was sick in the field and she needed to go tend to it. Otherwise, the cow was going to die. And she thought, this is crazy. But she got up, she got dressed, she went out. Sure enough, the cow was sick. They were able to save the cow get the cow back into the into the barn and and you know life went on but it was a big deal because that was you know basically one of their only sources of nutrition and she told she told this story and i had heard it half a dozen times and she would talk about how they were practicing witches and they would cast spells on people and that you would have attachments every third generation would see things and experience things. And I'm in that third generation. So it, it terrified the hell out of me. I'm like, I'm in this group of people. And, you know, sure enough, as I went through life, um, I would have experiences that other people wouldn't necessarily have. And, you know, Brandy had never experienced anything like this until we got together. And we'll get into some stories, but there are some things that happen that just defy logic. We came home from a dance recital one night in our game room. We, have, we had a game room that was up on the second story. And we came home and every, I collect a lot of art by Michael Bedard. And I don't know if you're familiar with uh, Sitting Duck. There's a Sitting Duck painting that's real famous and the duck's sitting back and he's in a lawn chair and he's all comfortable at the beach and he's got two bullet holes by his head. So that was his first painting, you know, Sitting Duck. And then there's Ship of Fools and there's Fly or Die. There's all these things. So I collected this art throughout the years and we put it in our game room. We get home from this dance recital and we, we walk upstairs where the girls' bedrooms are and all of that artwork. And they were on safety clips. You can't just take this art off the wall. It's mounted. You have to, it, it takes a pair of needle nose pliers. You got to release it. You got to take it out. Every piece of that artwork was down and sitting nicely on the floor. Oh, no. We were just freaked out. We thought someone <laughs> broke in. Yeah. Yeah. That would be my first thought, too. That, yeah. that is yeah. insane. The crazy part is 
it was right after my dad had passed away. And I think, you know, he's the kind of jokester that would absolutely do something like that. And our youngest daughter would tell us she was two years old at the time and, you know, really didn't have a good understanding of, you know, relationships and, and people. She spent some time with my parents, but she would tell us every day that Papa came in and he tells me goodnight, kisses me on the head every night. Every night she would tell us that. And we're like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> and then our artwork, you know, gets put on the on the ground. And, and he was a prankster. We grew up and we had ongoing battles. You, you remember the Pink Panther? I don't know if you're old. Oh, yeah. Pink yeah. Panther, where you would get sneak attacked, you yeah. know? So we would sneak attack each other all the time. And we had a pie in the face contest. So at the most inopportune time, <laughs> I'd be walking out and going on a date, going somewhere and I'd get a pie to the face and he would get the same. So we had these long running plank pranks and jokes and things like that. And, uh, you know, that's right up his, right in his wheelhouse to do something like that, just to freak us out. Yeah. A little parting gift, right? Yeah. 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 <laughs> And that went on, for you know, we had things like that that went on for a good solid year. And then, and then it kind of slowed down, you know, it could be toys that would move themselves and walk around or, you know, make noises. It was, it was, it was wild. I was home by myself one day working and our daughter was, you know, a toddler or whatever. And she had this dog that you stick in water and it will, when you stick it in water, it'll bark and move, but it has to be in water. The dog was sitting on top of the tub and started barking and moving. And then every single toy she had on the floor all turned on at the same time. Oh, no way. Every <laughs> single one of them. Did you yeah. run out of there? I <laughs> wanted to. <laughs> it freaked me out. <laughs> yeah, that would be pretty creepy. It was scary. Yeah. And our dog, we had a great Dane at the time that. He would just grunt that low growl, that mm -hmm. scary low growl. He would just stare at this corner of our room and just his hair would spike, you know, the hair would stand up and he would do that low growl. Nothing was there, but he saw something. Wow. Yeah. Super protective, you mm -hmm. know, super receptive. Nicest dog in the world. But every every day while I was gone. He would go to that corner and do that. And low stare at that stare at that corner and growl. Let's see. Yeah. You everybody knows that now. That animals, they had that sense, you know, that they can they can pick up on that. And I tr I trust that a hundred percent. Yes. You know? Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. So anything we thought, well, this is my imagination, or this is just a coincidence, you know. What hit with him doing that it kind of enforced something was really going on there yeah yeah that would provide some confirmation for sure right mm -hmm. right absolutely hey, you said your grandmother and then they were from uh eastern kentucky right it's very interesting to me i i am very close to eastern kentucky okay <laughs> um they're from, the, like, they're from olive hill the mammoth cave area mammoth cave there you yeah. go okay yeah, I'm about maybe an hour away. Okay. Maybe an hour away from there, Olive Hill. Uh, I'm in Logan County, West Virginia. So if if you're familiar at all with that area, um, it's coal country. Yeah. You know, <laughs> yeah. I, mm -hmm. I I worked in the coal mines before I went back to school and became a teacher. So I've I've got a pretty weird story too, man. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
But if her if her aunt was a witch or aunts mm-hmm. were witches and her sisters were witches, did she not get into witchcraft too? She, she said she did not get into it. She called she always called spectrals or ghosts or whatever. She called them haints. Haints, yeah. I never heard that term before, but yeah, that was the term she always used. <laughs> she said haints. And yeah. she had a million stories about haints. And it used to scare us. <laughs> I guarantee it. I guarantee it. That's my people. Yeah. <laughs> she would sit and spin tales and we would just watch her and listen and be mesmerized. Yeah, she was she was a good storyteller. Uh, but you know, all these stories came from her experiences being a kid uh through adulthood. Yeah, and you know, over here in, in Appalachia. Mm-hmm. you're kind of there's a unique blend with folklore and home remedies and backwoods witchcraft is what they call it right. but and mm-hmm. it, they'll, they'll use bible verses you know they'll use scripture to stop bleeding like if somebody cuts themselves or they're hurt bad you know they'll they'll pray over them use scripture and it'll it'll stop the bleeding you mm-hmm. know or they'll uh, they'll say a verse if somebody burns themselves they'll say a verse and they'll blow on it and mm-hmm. that that'll stop the burn you oh, know yeah. and it's like some people think it's superstitious some yeah. but you know was a lot of superstition a lot of old wives tales she had all of it you know she was packed full of all of it so you know you your left hands itching you know you're gonna get money if your right hands itching you're gonna shake hands with a stranger you know yeah. all those things came from her. Yeah, you know, nose is itching. You're gonna meet somebody new today. You know that. Yeah. Yeah. Tell me about your experiences with your sister. Oh, my my youngest sister and I, we would be home alone. Um, my parents would be working, and we would all kinds of strange things would happen. We lived in a single wide trailer when we first moved to Florida, and we shared a pullout couch in the living room. And there's a faucet that was in the kitchen that was directly across from us. And that faucet would turn on by itself all the time. We'd have to go turn it off and it would turn. And then we would, then we'd have to threaten each other. You go turn it off. No, you go turn it off. And then you go turn it off. And, you know, you could chalk that up to being water pressure, you know, something happening in the line causing that faucet to turn on and off. But then chairs would move, refrigerator would open. I mean, all kinds of crazy things that would happen and have us just terrified. You know, and, and this could be in the middle of the day. It didn't have to be at night. It wasn't at bedtime or anything in particular. It was constant. And my parents always said they thought that that place was haunted, that the, the previous occupants uh, abused their kids or something. And I, I don't know if that's true or not, but I just know what our experiences were. And we were terrified a lot of the times in that place. Yeah. Uh, did your sister, did she see the hat man too? No, no. It was not just for I, you. Not that I'm aware of. I've, been, I've never talked to her about it. You know, I don't know. That's a good question. You got to open up, man. Uh, yeah. Yeah, good luck with that. <laughs> All right. So so we, when you're in the bed, was the hat man like, watching you in bed was it in the closet like what was he uh he was in the corner of the room and he just he was just there he was just present never moved never saw eyeballs nothing like that it was just 
He was in the shape of a man wearing a, just a, a triangulated hat. And he was there all the time. Like a tri-quarter hat? Like a, uh, like... No, not a tri-quarter hat. It was, he just had a, like a, a low brim. Okay. That came across. And it was yeah. not a cowboy hat, but more of, I don't know, like a like a gangster's like a fedora, kind of hat, you know, with a with a thin brim. Yep, gotcha. And I always thought I heard that the the lady that lived in that house previously, her husband was working on a toaster and electrocuted himself. And I always thought it was him, you know. And I and in my mind, that's who it was. Yeah. And I don't even know if that story is true. I was just told that story. <laughs> I don't know if it was actually true or not, but that's what my brain associated him with was that it was just that guy keeping an eye on the place. And that's how I rationalized. Right. Did, did the fear ever subside? Like you would wake up, he'd be there like, oh yeah, what's up? Yeah. I mean, it was one of those things where you go kind of comfortable with it. And I would wake up in the middle of the night, pull the covers down to see, and yep, there he is, still there. Wow. Yeah. yeah. And that went on for the better part of four years. And you said when you moved, I was careful to listen. You said that particular, <laughs> right? right? That particular entity, he stayed exactly. back. Right. So yeah. what came with you, Dave? What, I'm not I'm not I'm not sure, but something came with me. It wasn't a hat man or, or one that I've noticed. We've we've progressively grown into much larger homes and it's impossible to do the things that I did there to block out the light. Uh, but I I know that I've always had something with me. I don't know if you want to call it an attachment. I don't know if you want to call it a guardian angel. I don't know, you know, and it's funny because not long ago I was in, I was in an Admiral's club at an airport and there were two nuns and one was in a habit. One was in plain clothes and they were there. And I thought, you know what? I've got a couple hours to kill. They're not doing anything. Let me have a quick conversation with them. Yeah. So I was in a motorcycle accident, 1994. Guy ran over, lady ran me over. And as I'm getting up and I walk over to the side of the street and I sit down, there's two nuns at a bus station at, at waiting for like a city bus and they have shopping bags in their hands. They're in full habits, fully dressed. So I'm sitting there having a conversation with them going, holy crap, did you see that? <laughs> and and we're, we're having this conversation. They said, oh, you're going to be fine. You know, everything's okay. Uh, people are coming to help you. And, and we had a full conversation. Ambulance gets there, you know, uh, first responders get there, everybody's there. They're like, did anybody see this? And I said, the two nuns that were at the bus stop, I had a full conversation with them. They saw everything. And they said, there, there are no nuns. Oh, <laughs> there were no my. nuns there. <laughs> and I'm thinking, am I crazy? I, I know I had a conversation with them. I'm fully lucid. I was fully awake. Uh, but I had I had the conversation with these nuns not even not even six months ago, and I said, "Let me tell you a story." And one of them started laughing, and she goes, "Those were your guardian angels to make sure that you felt secure." And I said, "So are those same people in like habits or in that dress? Are they the ones that are with me all the time?" And she says, "No, they'll change form depending on what you need in the moment." 
point. And I thought, well, why would I need nuns at that moment? I'm not Catholic. <laughs> Yeah, and she laughed and she goes, I don't know, but at that time, that's what you needed. <laughs> I said, okay, uh, good enough. Yeah. <laughs> but do you have like an inherent trust of nuns? Like, you know, those sweet ladies won't lie to you? And... I don't know. You know, I, I grew up hearing some not so nice stories about nuns. You know, I'm a retired cop. I've heard a lot of stuff. And yeah. you, you get into things that you go, I've never been a big fan of the Catholic religion, so I know I wouldn't manifest a nun or a priest as my savior. Right. Wow. Yeah. But there they were. Yeah, yeah there they were. were, plain as day. I know I had a conversation with them. I know they were there. No, you do have a cat, right? Yes. Sorry. Okay. No, I was, I was just making sure. <laughs> like, look at over yeah. shoulder, like, well, nuns weren't really there. <laughs> He's very nosy. <laughs> <laughs> if our Dane could get up there and do the same thing, he would. <laughs> yeah. Oh man. So uh so you you may have an attachment, you say. Maybe maybe some sort of guardian angel. Um what what was with you when you moved that made you think that there there's more going on? It, I don't know if I don't know if it's a what is more it's almost like it's just a, an energy, I think, that that follows me and always has. You know, I've got a weird thing where traffic lights go off when I stand under the traffic light, you know, just things like that. And it's it's constant and it's been consistent from the time I was little um, where I would notice these things. I'd be nice. out in the street, you know, light bulbs that just burn out when I'm around them. And it's funny, I donated blood today and I have a really high iron content. And uh, the, the uh, guy that was that was uh, doing the donation work, he uh, he tells me, he goes, do you experience a lot of static electricity? And I said, dude, you have no idea <laughs> this time of year as we get into the cold months. I get near anything and there's a two inch blue spark <laughs> that follows with me everything I touch. And he said, yeah, he goes, everybody that I've ever talked to that had iron as high as yours, they they have that same kind of thing going on. Really? And, and I was thinking, you have no idea. I got a lot of things going on. <laughs> a lot more than just iron. <laughs> I, don't iron I don't know if it's an energy attachment. I don't know what it is. But as I've gotten older, I just got used to it, you know, and I really hadn't paid much attention to it. Until you know, Brandy and I got married, and then all these, you know, these weird things started happening. Well, they didn't just start happening; they've been happening to me my whole life. She right. was just now partnered into it. Yeah, she's like, "Hey, uh, pay attention." What's going on here? Yeah, yeah, this makes no sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, let's get into some of it. Uh, tell, tell me some of these things that have went on that you guys have noticed. Oh, oh my goodness! Where did we begin? Yeah, I don't even. We can start recently. Yeah. This, um, this last year we went to we went to Las Vegas, and you know, of course, Brandy books us the the VIP tour. RIP. The yeah, the RIP tour, I guess, <laughs> is what they call it at the Zach Bagans Museum. Oh wow! And, you know, you're not. You get behind the scenes, you get in, in the back room of a lot of stuff, and you see stuff that the normal public really doesn't get access to. So one thing they do is they line you up, and you're, sp <laughs> you're supposed to follow directions, first of all. But that's, he doesn't. That's my downfall. 
uh, <laughs> I kind of walk my own path. And you line up and there's a certain way you're supposed to shuffle by this Peggy doll that's supposed to be haunted. You're not supposed to look her in the eyes. You're not supposed to pay any attention to her. You're just kind of supposed to go by and look at her aura, I guess. So you, I did it all wrong. You know, I, I went right up to her, right to the glass, looked her right in the face, didn't pay much attention to it. And I get out and Brandy's like, you didn't look her in the face, did you? I said, I, you know, she had blue Stare eyes. At her. Yeah. yeah, she had blue <laughs> eyes. I looked her right in the face. <laughs> so that night we get back to our room. We're all settled in. She gets all snuggled up and, and she goes, your heart's beating weird. My heartbeat for a solid year was off. Wow. It, I went to a really irregular heartbeat. Really, really, really strange. I had to go to the doctor and, and he checked it out and he goes, everything looks normal except this. So, you know, she hits me with sage and holy water and who knows what else. And, and I've, I've re-regulated now but it took a year of you know going through that it's funny because at the end of the tour they were telling us do not look this doll in the face because people have had heart attacks that have done this and i'm like oh now you tell me thanks wow. Yeah. <laughs> wow. yeah so you know and he still has issues it's not as bad now he's on blood pressure medication and all that so it's much better but i was so concerned that I got holy water. I didn't tell him I did this. I got holy water and I sprinkled it on his side of the bed and did a little prayer. And as soon as he went to bed that night, he was, he closed his eyes for maybe five minutes and said, oh my goodness, I keep seeing these visions of this evil clown mm-hmm. floating around my face. Right? Again, another experiment I was not party to, had no idea what was going on. <laughs> I love that. Like she's she's troubleshooting you for demons. Right? Oh yeah, 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 she's always willing to help. Uh, but yeah, crazy, crazy dreams. You know, for for at least two nights, and then they subsided. Yeah, but I still think it's there's something still attached to him. Yeah, um, I mean, if it has that kind of response, yeah, kind of yeah, absolutely. You know, because every now and then I'll do the holy water or I'll say a little prayer about the attachment, you know, if you're attached, get out. And inevitably he just gets cranky. You know, he, we, we start arguing or he'll get snippy with me every time I've done it. So, you know, I thought, well, maybe once or twice, that's an anomaly or that's just a coincidence, but it's been six or seven times now. And every single time I've done it, okay, there's been a, there's been a, reaction of some sort yeah yeah and you know some of the some of the crazy things that i've dealt with that i really you know as a kid were kind of normal to me is i would have nightmares at four and five years old and i can remember it like it was yesterday and i would go get into bed with my parents and my mom had a certain way she would kind of get me on the edge of the bed and put her arm around me And one night I was laying in that bed and I kid you not, there were a swirl of specters going around the ceiling. And I mean, it was, there were a lot, there were a dozen that were just swirling around the room and I was terrified and I kept waking her up and she just kept telling me to go back to bed. She goes, just ignore it, go back to bed. 
So I'm not sure that she did not see this stuff and did not participate in what was going on. But she absolutely acted like, yes, it's there. Ignore it. It's not going to hurt you. Well, saying ignore it sounds like she definitely knows something's there. Right. Oh, yeah. Right. So, you know, we moved to Florida. We're in that single wide, that same single wide that had all the crazy stuff that went on. So uh, my sisters were all in school. They were old enough to be in school. I was still a year out. And we would go take naps every day. So one day we go to take a nap and I wake up in the middle of this nap and it was probably, you know, noonish and the lights in the room are flashing on and off. And I'm thinking, well, that that's weird. You know, and first thing you think is you, know, you got a power outage, you know, the power's going in and out, whatever. But I could hear the light switch clicking. So I get up and the light switches were out in the hallway to the room. As you walk in, you flip a light switch, you go into the room. The light switches were were mounted vertically and both light switches were moving back and forth. And I put my hands on these light switches and they I couldn't stop them from moving. And my mom is six feet from me in bed and she starts saying the Lord's Prayer out loud. And of course, I get freaked out. I'm like, what is going on? Yeah. And she, as soon as she started saying it about a minute in, everything stopped. And she told me, she goes, something was sitting on my chest and I couldn't get up. Mm. And she was afraid for the first time I saw the fear in her eyes that, whoa, something happened. And we both just experienced that. And there's no me telling you just to get over it. That's not what you saw because she was terrified of it as well. Wow. So, yeah. So she had, what, had she been sleeping? Or yes. she was just, yeah. Okay, so we, were both, like a, we were both asleep. And I got up because I heard the clicking of the switches. So I was, you know, five, seven feet from her. And right. I had my hands on those switches moving. And then I heard her start saying the Lord's Prayer out loud. And, you know, and that was out of her character. She never, she never, we weren't religious people. But she started saying that, and everything stopped. Right. Now, see, that that's a definite sign of, uh, you know what I mean, something dark. Yeah. Something. something going on. Yeah. If it re if it responds to the Lord's name. Yeah. Right. You know, Absolutely. There, there's right. nothing else that will respond in that way. You know, that's not right. to go away right. unless it's something evil, something that was. Yeah. Exactly. Trying to, to provoke. Yeah. You guys. So that was that was probably one of the most violent. I guess concerning experiences I was ever involved in. Yeah, yeah, I would, I would say that's that's enough. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. especially at that age. <laughs> yeah. Now, if this is going on, man, and it's going from uh, your the generation of your great grandparents, right? Mm -hmm. Your grandmother's aunts, mm -hmm. your grandmother's family, uh, her sisters, then my parents, your mom. It's affecting you, right? right. It does sound like something generational. Yeah. 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 Um, and it sounds like my grandmother knew what it was. Uh, yeah. She wasn't highly educated, uh, but I think she explained it the best way that she knew how. And that was through word of mouth and handed down through generations. She knew what was going on. And she used to always say that the third generation in that family was cursed because they did something. I don't know what it was, but she said the third generation is cursed in that family. And I'm like, 
okay. Uh, yeah, I don't know what that means at five and six years old, but it to me, now it means we had something, some kind of an attachment that just followed us. And, you know, you, you learn to deal with it, or I, at least I did. Yeah. Wow. Wow. And, and you haven't opened up to your, your siblings about this to see if they've got anything that they're dealing with. I talked to a sister and she okay. has a lot of experiences as well. Really? She does. And she, she still does. Yeah. Good. So she's had very similar experiences to him. I don't think she's seen the hat man, but very similar experiences. And I can tell you, I have never opened up to anybody about this except her. <laughs> and her big mouth has opened up to everybody about it. So this is the reason I don't open up to anybody about it. <laughs> and that's why that's what brought us here today right? that's right. <laughs> well, you uh you mentioned something that, that struck me because you know this show tends to hit a wave like mm -hmm. uh i'll have half a dozen people with a bigfoot story you know so i'll have like yeah. a whole month of bigfoot and then i'll have four or five authors mm -hmm. reach out to me and so it, it just kind of goes like a like a pattern of waves uh -huh. i had no idea that you were a retired police officer a retired uh -huh. cop uh next week i'm talking to a retired new york cop uh about his how his life uh in law enforcement was tangled up with uh ed and lorraine warren oh and, and these exorcists and they went and did like by day he was a cop in the bronx and by evening and night you know or when he's off duty He's out here helping out with exorcisms and all this kind of stuff. Wow. Um, so it's just odd that within a week, you know, we're talking to, I'm, I'm talking to to two retired cops. Did you have, uh, I'm trying to ignore that light going out. I didn't know. I know. That's I'm looking around going, okay, now what? Yeah, our light <laughs> went out for no reason. <laughs> now it's really dark and you're sorry. <laughs> it's okay. It's all right. I can still see you guys. It works. Uh, okay. Okay. <laughs> look I, I should probably tell you all this too i don't know if you guys are uh extremely faithful people if you pray a lot or whatever yes but quite often and i i'm not i, I should have told you this off air but quite often when i have a guest on the show and we start talking about the spooky stuff Mm -hmm. spooky stuff happens to them within the next couple of days <laughs> um sometimes we get evps that pop up on here you know that the the voice stuff will come up when i'm doing my edits sometimes i'll catch it sometimes listeners will catch it uh -huh. um I, i'll pray over stuff um it tends to not happen so much when i do but sometimes you know it, it won't hurt to say a prayer when we get off the off right. the trip, all i'm saying okay just make sure protect yourselves, protect your homes. Um, yeah. And I've, I've heard, you know, I've listened to uh, enough and I've seen enough to know that there is a way that evil tries to block interviews like this and absolutely. tries to interfere and tries to do those things. And, you know, did we just experience it? I don't know. You know, right. maybe, maybe <laughs> that could be a little wink. Yeah. But I know it got really dark in here really fast. <laughs> you know there's a there's a guy that lives around me here he's a, actually a good friend of mine he uh he recently did a, a a life change i met him after he came to jesus but he had spent a decade or longer 
as a Satanist, um, a full blown into it. And he had a miracle type encounter with God and converted full on right then, gave his life over, got saved, got baptized, faithful. Um, and he's ready to share his story with me, right? We haven't been able to sit down and have a conversation yet because the weirdest stuff happens to him. Like, it's supposed to be his day off the other day, and he gets called in late to come on out to work and pull like a 13 or 14 hour shift, which he has never had to work at this job before. You know, so he's like 10 o'clock at night at the post office. <laughs> you know oh, what I mean? It's like, why is that happening? You know? Interesting. Yeah. yeah. So, so, yeah, the the darkness, they, it doesn't like to be exposed. Right. Sure. You know, that's tough. It's going to get exposed anyway. But, yeah, this, this retired cop from New York, his name's Ralph Sarchi. I don't know if you've heard of him. He, uh, they even made a movie about some of the stuff that he went through. Um, but I bring him up not only because of the, you know, the correlation here, but to ask you, did you have any experiences, um, you know, as a police officer that got a little paranormal or got a little supernatural or was it pretty much just straight down the line? No, I had experiences. And, you know, one of the, one of the, assignments that I was attached to uh, for a short period of time because we were in South Florida where there's a lot of uh, a lot of Cubans, a lot of Haitians. Oh, wow. So you have a lot of Santeria, you've got a lot of voodoo and, and things like that. So we had an occultic crimes unit uh, that I was a part of that would go out, you would, you would do investigations into different types of practices and what those rituals mean and why they were happening and how that, that was affecting the community. And you, know, you see a lot of stuff. You see chains buried around yards. You see a lot of uh, effigies and you see a lot of different uh, uh, chickens, you know, blood splattered all over people's doorways and things like that. Brightly colored homes that were indicators that these folks were practicing. Um, you know, and, and that really, you know, and I get it that people practice different religions whether it's, you know, dark or light or whatever that is, you know, if it wasn't tied to an actual crime, it kind of went nowhere. Um, but I have investigated and I had had cases where I would get called and people were just freaked out over something, quote, supernatural happening. There was no explanation for it. And, and I think that with my experiences Growing up, my current experiences of seeing the things that I see and the energies that I deal with, um, I was more receptive to listen to their story and understand it. And and maybe I was that person that was in the right place at the right time to calm it down because it tended to be younger people experiencing something that just terrified them. And, you know, one particular kid, <laughs> you know, in his tidy whities standing out by the street waiting for me when I got there. Mm -hmm. and was just terrified that something was in his house and it was whispering and it was arguing and he could hear it. And I'm thinking, okay, this kid's schizophrenic. You know, I don't, you know, that's always your first thought, you know, maybe right, he's right. Like an episode. So let me go see what's going on. And I go in this house <laughs> and he's telling me he wouldn't go in. He, he's, I said, you stay outside. I'll go in. I'll clear the house, make sure that there's nobody in there. So he's telling me he can hear this thing talking. 
and it's talking to someone and he doesn't know who it is and he can't can't quite make out what it's saying but he knows it's not good and i'm thinking okay so i go in i go to the furthest back darkest corner of the house and i just stand there for a while kind of like in the woods you know you get quiet you get small you start listening you start observing all your spidey senses come online yeah. and sure enough there is this whispering and I am going, what in the world is that? You know, so I sat and listened to it for a few minutes, walked around, listened for a few more minutes, and it was it was intermittent. So I went back outside and I told this young man, he, he can sit in my car while we contact his parents and make sure they get home and that they probably need to have somebody come look at that house. But you know, I kept him calm and I didn't I didn't put him back in the house. But I absolutely heard whispering, whatever it was, you know, and it, it didn't sound like a radio, didn't sound like a walkie-talkie that was on or anything like that. It was just a low, you know, it's kind of a thing where you can almost make out what somebody's saying, but you can't quite make it out. But I, I understood what he was talking about. But he said before that there was a massive bang. It sounded like a car drove through the back of the house. And then afterwards, he could hear this whispering. And, uh, you know, of course, my initial thought was he's crazy. And <laughs> then it's like, okay, maybe not. And yeah, I've had experiences like that. A lot of actually, you know, with people. Some people turn out to be schizophrenic. You know? <laughs> Some yeah. folks, you know, absolutely. But, you know, in that instance, no. Wow. And you heard this loud bang. And they say that that's uh, a sign of something entering like into our dimension. Uh -huh. Right. You know, right. or or right. exiting either way. Right. But so he hears this big pop bang. Right. And then it's whispers. Followed with whispers, you know, mm. like, oh, somebody's somebody broke through the, the wall or, you know, whatever's dividing us, you know, in that dimension. And now all of a sudden they're over here and they're, they're observing and talking to someone else. You know, that was, that's always been my thought, you know, maybe that's what was happening. I don't know. Man. I'm hoping one day we get answers to all this stuff. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's what my wife tells me too. She's like, you, you keep looking, keep looking. You'll know, you'll know one day, one day we'll go. You know, <laughs> you're going to ask Jesus. And I'm like, no, I want him to tell me now. You know, right. Like, right. I want answers now. That's right. That's right. He says, uh, ask and you shall receive. Well, I'm asking, you know. That's right. <laughs> I, I try to put stuff together. And, you know, the, that's what's fun about this is after 200 episodes, you know, even not trying to find answers, you can't help but find answers. You know, things start developing a theme and a pattern and, uh, you know, commonalities that I'm sitting here taking notes. I'm like, man, this feels like familiar notes, you know, and you go through and you can find like, there's this thread that runs through so much. Yeah. And sometimes there's one-offs, you know, there, there's weird stuff. You know, a woman told me she had a dragon that's, you know, sleeps on top of her house, you know, some <laughs> kind of a, some kind of energy spirit. Wow. Um, Interesting. That's a one-off. I haven't had yeah. that happen before or, you know, after, but I've, you know, a lot of these things, they, there seems to be a common theme and these these things that are going on seem to respond just like the one responded to your mom. Yeah. You know, uh -huh. uh, it, absolutely. So 
I think there is like a, just like in our world, you know, there's a good and there's a bad and that there is a, there's, there's absolutes, you know, I, I just see it that way. Uh, there's mm-hmm. things that you just shouldn't do <laughs> and things that you just should do. Oh, yeah. Like follow directions. You should do that. <laughs> <laughs> there, there is no fun in that. There is no fun in following directions. That's right. That's right. Well, that same adventure. trailer that my sister and I, you know, that the faucet would come on and off and, you know, the, the light switches, all that stuff happened. She and I would sit and we called it mutant powers. And we would will things to happen, but they wouldn't happen until we said them out loud. Make that picture fall off the wall. Make that picture fall off the wall over and over and over. And of course, when the picture would fall off the wall, it scared the crap out of us. You oh, know, I guarantee it. We're sitting here willing this to happen, but yet when it happens, it, it just scares us to death, you know? And it's like, oh my God, it's real, it's real. <laughs> Well, you know, looking back at that, do you think that uh, it was your energy, your will that was making that fall off the wall? Do you think that it was something saying, say it 10 times and I'll do it? That's right. Yeah. Like I, Bloody I, you Mary. Know, you know what's interesting? <laughs> There's a book out there that I read as as a young adult because I got really interested into why this was happening. And I did my own research. And it's it's by a lady by the name of Rebecca Brown. She's a medical doctor. And it, it's called, she came, uh, he came to set the captives free. And she talks about all of these things. It kind of brings it all together. That if you open yourself up, that the spirit world will provide you with someone to do these things for you. And that's what draws you in. Because typically what happens is people get progressively more evil as they walk through these things. It's like, oh, You'll knock that picture off the wall. Will you make somebody sick for me? Yeah. Will you will you kill that animal for me? Will you disable somebody's car for me? Those things start to happen. And now you're indebted to that world. As you do these things, these things come back to you. And she explains it really well. And she talks about good angels and evil angels and how that works and how to set up protection around your house and to do these things. And I read that book and it really, it spoke to me because it really encompassed the things that I was involved in and that I experienced. You know, I think if I would have just read that book out of the blue and never experienced any of this stuff, I'd be like, this is a bunch of crap. You know, I don't don't believe this. But the way she explained it made, made a lot of sense. Well, yeah, I hadn't heard that, that, that book before. And I'm, I'm going to look it up because I, I love to read and, uh, Very good book, you know, very spiritual book. Uh, I think it gives a really good overview of of what we're battling. It's all about good versus evil and how those roles interact with one another, how it's a balancing act. Hmm. Yeah, I'll definitely check that out. Yeah. And and you're right, because people seem to be. I'm, I'm not trying to be a Debbie Downer, but people are drawn to the darkness. You know, people yes. are inherently kind of kind of horrible people you know so and that temptation that it feel you might feel cool or powerful uh, there's so much temptation on that side of things you know what i mean because it appeals to all the the desires of the flesh and uh, i've always been a big believer in karma you know and and i've experienced my fair share for the stupid things i did as a kid so i've always been a believer in it so i've never 
I've never had that temptation to go use anything bad against people. I, you know, I, I wish the best for everybody. I, I want everybody to succeed. I want to cheerlead everybody to success, you know, and, and I took a path that most people wouldn't because it's hard and it gets you out of a situation and gives you a better life. And I try to cheer those people on that, that I left behind or that I knew growing up that are still in that same cycle of poverty or whatever it is. Right. And I've always been on that side of the coin. You know, I didn't, I didn't want to wish, you know, failure on people. I want to see everybody raise up, you know? Absolutely. Absolutely. I've, I've been right there with you on that, man. I, I wouldn't wish anything ill on anybody. Um, that, that just wasn't. But I got a couple of people that, you know, I'm not going to pray for them, <laughs> but you know, don't want to see anything befall them either. <laughs> like I wouldn't cry at their funeral. <laughs> right. Right. But I'm not going to be the one to pull the trigger. No, I'm going to need for you to have a couple people in your life, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, for sure. Oh, man. All right. Before I, I switch gears entirely, because you said something at the very beginning of this. That I, I just want to hear what you what your thoughts are on it. But before I get into that, is there uh is there any more paranormal things that have happened to you guys together or individually that we uh, we want to talk about on here? When we first moved into this house that we're in now, there was a lot of action going on. Um, and and we think it's because of the way that the, the house, the way we purchased the house, it was a pretty negative situation all around. Um, but when we first moved here, I was in the basement and I was getting something. I, I don't know. I was grabbing something from a box and I see this figure, white shirt, white pants, full figure walk by me. And I thought it was our daughter. So I'm yelling at her. I'm like, Hey, what, what are you doing down here? Silence. I thought, well, that's kind of weird. Came upstairs. My daughter wasn't even home. I was home alone. So I don't know what it was, but I definitely saw a figure. My my mother, when my parents come, they stay in the basement because we have a little mother-in-law's quarters down there. Um, and she has experiences quite often too. And she's down there. She said she was in the bathroom brushing her teeth and the soap dispenser in the bathroom just flew across the room. And she said that she has seen figures walk in that hallway many times. She says it's just some figure that it'll just walk right into the wall. And it's always in the, it's in the same area that I saw it in that, really? that same spot in the basement that I saw it. I've heard the piano playing. Now we have cats, you know, so you can say, oh, the cat was playing on the piano, but it was more of a tune, mm -hmm. like not random punching it was more of a tune um we we hear gosh we used to hear footsteps all the time yeah this is a we, we purchased a fairly large house and downstairs we have a suite that has a full kitchen living room it's got all the stuff and then there's a big game room down there and then another in-law suite on on another end and you know i tune these things out i i grew up with it i'm so used to it she is way more receptive to it. I just, I don't pay any attention to it. But this house was built specifically 
by, by a couple and the basement in particular was designed for one of their parents who was a single guy who, who ended up dying, not in the house, but it was his, it was his, his area, his area. Uh, I mean, there's a cool pub down there that's built out so he could go hang out in the pub, <laughs> then he'd go to the TV room, and then there's, you know, there's some back entrances, some back hallways that you can get into the living room and doing some things with, so it's a, it's a really cool layout in the way yeah, it's done, and if it was built for me, and if I was going to hang out on earth for a while <laughs> afterwards, that's where I would hang out, you know, I would do it. So I don't know that it's him down there. He doesn't really bother us. Mm-mm. I haven't really had any interactions at all. I don't spend a lot of time down there. We could have another family living down there. I wouldn't even know it. You know, it's like, I don't know. We're never down there. <laughs> but, you know, Brandy's way more receptive to noticing those things than I am. I just, I, you know, I'm at an age and I just don't pay much attention to it. You know, I've experienced so many things that it's, it just kind of, you know, with me, it's, I'm, I just go with the flow. Yeah. A little desensitized to the whole thing. Yeah, for sure. And you, on the other hand, have no previous experiences with Right. No experience until we got married. So I'm always on high alert and I hear everything. (laughs) Yeah. And you're, you're obviously kind of into the paranormal, you know, you listen to the weird shows. You, you Well, and that's why I got into it. I had no interest. I did not believe it. I can tell you without a doubt, the last thing that I would ever imagine her doing is listening to a paranormal podcast or anything about Bigfoot. I'm yeah. like, are you kidding me? I mean, super highly educated, highly motivated. And she's Very. listening to Bigfoot podcasts. I'm like, <laughs> what are you doing? I mean, I had such a scientific mind when we got married. Didn't believe yeah. in ghosts. Thought there was always a rational explanation for everything. I read Scientific American for fun, you know, so. Yeah. I, it was it was definitely a shock to me when these things started happening at first I thought it was my imagination or whatever and then as it continued to happen especially with the, the situation with the toys when I was home alone yeah. I couldn't deny it anymore I knew that there was something else going on and I had to open my mind up to it so that's how I got interested in it I opened up my mind and said Obviously, I don't have all the answers. Obviously, there are things I don't understand. What is going on? And that's that's what prompted me to, to dig into this kind of thing. Is I, I want to know as much as I can. I'll never probably never know the answer, but I just want to know. You know what what's happening? She's a research. She's a research phenom. You know, <laughs> she's the person that when you're watching a movie, she's on IMDb. You know, searching what everybody else has been, how how this movie was made, what happened during the time it was made, and then asking me what happened when it's over. <laughs> right. Because I miss right. it. I miss yeah. the movie. <laughs> well, well, such a it just blows me away that we're even having this conversation. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, that should lend credibility to B- Bigfoot, you know. Right. Well, you know, I can't wait for her to go on a Bigfoot expedition <laughs> and actually find one. You know, so now she can have a story. <laughs> and I'll be back on your show talking about, you know, here was my experience. So what a lot of things, a lot of our experiences led into talking to people that are very receptive to the spirit world and doing some past life regression and things like that, which 
I never believed in any of that crap. You know, I'm like, are you kidding me? Past life regression. And I did it. I did it a year ago and it totally freaked me out. Really? <laughs> yeah. Totally freaked me out. What did you find out, man? Oh, my gosh. So Brandy and her mother had gone to this lady a couple of times and did this. And, you know, for me, it's like that's for entertainment. You know, whatever. They come back with these crazy stories about their past life and how they were there and it was surreal and all this kind of stuff. I've, you know, I've tried to be hypnotized, I don't know, a dozen times throughout my life. And right. I was always told I can't turn my mind off. My mind is always working. I can't be hypnotized. Well, she buys me a two hour session with this lady. And I, you know, when are you going? When are you going? Wait, so she bugged me enough. I finally scheduled it, got an appointment together. And I was busy that Saturday. I had a lot going on. So I'm running around and finally I'm like, oh man, I got this appointment. So I stop at, at this and she's in a, like a strip center, a little professional building, kind of tucked back, private. So I walk in, it's a little small area. She's got a, a, a chair set up, like an anti-gravity chair. And she sits me in this chair and we start talking. Kid you not, within 10 minutes, I was totally under hypnosis. And I remember thinking to myself, you got to be kidding me. This lady's got me under hypnosis. I'm fully aware of what's going on around me. But I'm also fully aware of where she's guiding me and talking to me about. So we start talking and she takes me. She goes, I want you to go back. And I want you to go back into the most distant life that you can remember. And I'm, you know, in my mind, I'm thinking, this is ridiculous. I go through this portal. And I don't know if you've ever seen like Stargate, the movie. Yeah. How when they walk through the portal, you kind of go through this, 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 you know, this accelerated kind of tendril, and you yeah. end up on the other end, you end up at another Stargate. Well, with this, at the end of that tendril. I ended up, I'm in the ocean and I'm looking at the ocean and I'm in a dugout canoe. And I'm telling you, I was there. I was not in that chair anymore. I was in that damn dugout canoe. And there is water up to my tiny little ankles. You know, I'm a fairly large guy. And this person, I'm in a dugout with water about five inches and my ankles are tiny and I'm brown. I'm, I'm indigenous to whatever area that I'm in right now. And I knew as I'm in this canoe that I had been washed out to sea, that I lost my paddle. I lost whatever fishing utensils I had. I knew I lost these things. And I also knew that I left my family inland. I had a wife and a daughter and I knew this. And I, this was, I was so old at that time. I didn't even have a name. She was asking me, what's your name? And I'm like, I don't have a name, you know? Well, what do people call you? They call me Talk. That's, my name was Talk. And I'm going, where the hell does that come from? Talk. <laughs> but all around me, all I can see is the water on my ankles and open ocean. I had been washed out in a storm and I had the absolute most hopeless, defeated feeling come over me. And I am sitting in this chair, this anti-gravity chair, and I am just pouring tears. My shirt is soaked because I know that my daughter and my wife are going to die. I was their only source of food and support. I was their only source of protection. 
And I knew they were going to, and I was so distraught that she's trying to pull me out of this. And she, she pulls me up and she goes, can you see land anywhere? So I'd go up above, I would look around, nothing, nothing but ocean. So she says, all right, I want to pull you out of here. So she starts pulling me out. So I go back in the tunnel and I'm running through the tunnel. And she goes, now let's go to a happy time that you live. Let's go to a time where you felt really secure and everything was good. And I come out of the other end of the tunnel, right back in the damn ocean in the dugout canoe. <laughs> same place, same place. And that full despair comes over me again. I have to get back to them. I have to get back to them. So another five minutes of this, and she's pulling me out again. She goes, look, we got to get you out of here. Let's take you somewhere else. Pulls me out. I go through the tunnel. She spits me out. I'm in the canoe again. And just it was just, that's the only place that I wanted to go. That's the only place I wanted to be. I oh, had man. such a despair knowing that I had left my family and they were never going to see me again and that I was going to die in that ocean. And it was bad. I woke, she brought me out of hypnosis and I was a wreck, an absolute wreck. Yeah. And she looked at me and she says, I don't want to do this again with you for at least a year. You need to go process. Uh, so, you know, my year is up. My certificate is on the refrigerator. <laughs> I have no interest in going back. No, I have none. Zero. And so Brandy's always like, when are you going to go do that again? I don't know if I am. I don't know if I can. Yeah. That was the worst feeling I've ever experienced in my entire life. Oh, my gosh. And it yeah. felt real. Absolutely real. It was absolutely real. I was there. Yeah. Mm. Craziest thing I've ever been involved with. <laughs> See? Okay. Do you have an aversion to oceans now? Absolutely. Hate the water. Have okay. always hated the water. Sink like a rock. I mean, I have a muscle density that is very high. I right. sink like a rock when I get in water. He's always hated boats. Yep. Never like boats. I have zero desire to, to ever own a boat. Don't want to be on a boat. Don't like cruises. And <laughs> and after this experience, all those questions got answered. <laughs> I grew up in South Florida. I had right. zero interest in skiing or scuba diving or any of that stuff. I wanted nothing to do with it. <laughs> now I know why. See, and that this separates me from a lot of, at least in my area, uh, um, a lot of other Christians, mm -hmm. because I think that there may be room for reincarnation. Right. Um, it answers questions like that. Right. It answers questions like, how is there a four-year-old that's a maestro on a piano? Right. You know what I mean? It yes. answers questions like, how did this kid at three tell you about how he died in Vietnam and can take right. you to you know, his buddy's grave marker, you know? Exactly. Um, it answers those questions. Yes. It, it also, you know, um, for me in the Bible, they asked um, John the Baptist, are you Elijah? You know, mm -hmm. Elijah was a prophet from way back. Right. And Jesus even says, you know, what if I told you that, you know, Elijah did come again and you beheaded him, uh -huh. you know, saying that John the Baptist was like the second coming of Elijah. Right. And that sounds like reincarnation to me. Yes, it right. does. Right. Yes. Um, and I don't know. I feel like maybe our path, you know, cause it, it and it's shared with other religions. I get that. Uh -huh. You know, a lot of things are, but the path of enlightenment, 
or to become Christ-like is what I would call it. Mm -hmm. uh, maybe we get time after time until we get that redemption, that right. salvation. And, mm -hmm. and then we can go on into paradise with the Lord. Uh, so why not? Why not have reincarnation? You know, yeah. why would that experience be so real for you? Right. You right. Know? Yeah. And, I would never, I, in a million years, I would have never guessed that 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 session would have had such an impact on my life and who I am and my thought process. Right. But it it messed with me. It, I mean, it's it has messed with me since that day. Right. And, you know, and, and when she talked about processing, I thought, you know, I'll go home, I'll process it, I'll sleep it off, you know, a couple nights, this thing will be gone. It's as real as it was yesterday. And I have zero desire to ever go back and experience that feeling again. Yeah. Yeah. Cause yeah, I don't blame you. you and then you start thinking, you know, are we trapped, you know, back to the incarnation and, and the whole process of evolving into a Christ-like you know, human being, are we trapped in this never ending cycle? And if so, I find it depressing. When's it going to end? Yeah. Well, I get, I, I don't Apparently, know. Why I'm I, not good at this. <laughs> My wife teases me a lot. She said, this is the last time I'm coming here. <laughs> you keep dragging me back down. I'm done. Dragging me back. <laughs> But uh, yeah, yeah. I don't know what I, I I think that I have had a lot of, if that's the case, you know, if if reincarnation is where we uh, get it right and we pay for what we did wrong and we we work our way up, work our way up. Uh, that's all the more incentive for me to to give my life to God, because I feel like I had a lot of things I must have done wrong in the past life because right. I, <laughs> I had a lot of suffering in this forty three <laughs> years of this life. So. You know that whole I mean? karma thing. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. So if that's all legit, then I'm done too. Give me, <laughs> Lord, give me, give me out of here. Just uh, put me in time out for a while. <laughs> yeah, for real. I'm done. Uh, man, I appreciate that. I didn't know that. I don't know if you shared that on Tony's show or not. I, I can no, no, that. that happened post post Tony. Post Tony. Yeah. Oh man. So you mentioned at the beginning of this. Um, that you've done some research and you you brought up simulation theory. Yeah. Uh, what what are your all thoughts on that? Uh, I I have some I have some thought on it, and I think that as we get more into quantum mechanics and we get into really dark, studying the particle, the God particle, dark matter, double slit theory. All those things are starting to come to fruition that we understand we can exist in two places at the same time. And what you're looking at, if we are in simulation, and there's a lot of really good research and a lot of really interesting evidence right now that would dictate to say that we may be in a simulation. And I, I find that very interesting, you know, and, and, I think that we have reached a point of technology to where will we become self-destructive with it? You know, because if you do find out that these things are real, what does that do to organized religion? So I, I think we're in a very interesting place right now. And what happened to past societies that we now know existed? Did they get to this point and find out, okay, 
and then everything fell apart. And right. the makers that be decided to take the etch a sketch and shake it and start over. Yeah. Hit control alt delete, right? Yeah. yeah. Hard reset. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> Bad. Yeah. There's only one way to find out, and that's to get. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> so we we just don't want to get in too big of a hurry getting there. Oh right. Oh man, man, that's this has been awesome. That's <laughs> fantastic. I can see why now that somebody brought you on their show just to talk about just just you. You know, I, I find it I find it interesting that I'm interesting <laughs> enough to want to talk to. <laughs> well, uh, Dave. Brandy, is there anything else you guys want to share? Anything you want to? I can't think of anything. No, I mean we've. Uh, I've had so much pre-Brandy, and then you know we've had so many experiences, you know, together. Um, again, I'm kind of used to it. She picks up on this stuff now, and she observes it. She feels it. She takes it personally, where I just kind of brush it off. You know, I've been dealing with this my whole life, and I don't really pay a lot of attention to it. Yeah. light going out you know par for the course you know <laughs> no big deal we're now sitting here in the dark because you know, the light went out which happens you know i'm like that with small electronics they do not do well in my presence <laughs> well you know if she's uh if she's running these tests on you while you're sleeping <laughs> and, and you're re you're responding to the the holy water tests or something stirring you uh, around a little bit yeah, you know, we were never, we've never been deeply religious people. And we live in kind of the Bible belt buckle of the Midwest. Yeah, well, yeah, you're and, in it now. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, to have her sage our house, you know, and, and do things like that. I was always, you know, it's like, what are you doing? But there's something driving that behavior. And what's driving that behavior is whatever the hell is attached to me right. causing her to then research this stuff, want to know more about it, and then saging the house to keep the weird stuff from happening. You yeah. know, the water, the yeah. prayer. Yeah. 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 Well, you know, if it won't leave you ever, 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 it will never leave you unless you want it gone. Yeah. So uh, if, if you want all that gone, she's on the right path of helping you get it out and get it off behind you. You know, um, generational curses, you know, I've talked to a lot of people and I, it's real. I, I feel like I had a curse on myself for, for probably, I don't know, close to 10 years. Oh, wow. Yeah. It, it went for a long, long time. Hmm. Um, how, did you, how did you shake that? Honestly, mm -hmm. uh, I rededicated my life to, to God, to Jesus. I did, because um, I got, I was raised Catholic, actually, uh, um, but I, I didn't go to church through my teenage years very, very much, you know, it was here and there with my dad, and then when I was about 20, I started going to a uh, a small free will Baptist church with my grandmother, uh -huh. and uh, Oh, that's I, a different Yeah, oh yeah, it was a big change, <laughs> but big I I formed that relationship with Jesus. You know, I got to know him and uh, I gave my life to the Lord. Then I was, I was almost 21 and then 9-11 hit. And then I joined the air force and I was gone for six years. And once I, once I joined the military and I got away from home, I went the way of the world, man. Uh, right. uh, 
all the partying and you know all the all the military guy stuff you know right. I, that was what i was mm -hmm. um i come back home around 30 years old and uh in a dark place mm -hmm. you know i was a drunk i had divorces uh foreclosures lost my car my my grandmother who basically raised me had just died um and i i got out of the military so everything i knew everything i loved everything i wanted was gone you know custody issues with my child mm -hmm. it was just i was in a horrible place and i just wallowed in that and i think that's when something got a hold of me yeah and it it kept a hold of me for like i said the better part of 10 years but uh, i met my wife and uh we, you know, we just partied together, you know what I mean? For a long time, as bad as that sounds, we just, you know, we just had, had fun, you know, <laughs> is what we felt like we were just having fun. But um, we both believed in God, but we didn't practice anything. We said prayers at night just to cover our butts and, you know, keep going. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but I, you know, there was times where she felt pulled like, hey, we should start going to church. And I was like, no, I don't need to go to church. I believe in God. That's good enough. And then, you know, her phase would pass and I would say, I think we need to go to church. And she did the exact same thing I was doing, you know, <laughs> and we went back and forth like that for years. But um, about, I don't know, three, four years ago, we decided to rededicate our lives to God. We found the church we settled on. We all came to the same place at the same time. And we just, we turned it all over and didn't look back. And we went in hardcore, like, <laughs> I, I feel like I owe him. He he spared me from a whole lot of stupid, yeah. Yeah. and uh, so I, I'm giving him everything now. Mm -hmm. And that I think that spared me. It delivered me from a lot of things that were on me. Sure. Um, sometimes these attachments, when they left, I got physically ill. I yeah. spent about a year where I just I caught every cold and flu. At least I I felt they were like colds and flus. But, you know, you start talking to people that do deliverance and they say that these are actual spirits that are that are departing. You know, they, they try to wreck you a little bit before they go. Interesting. Uh, it is. It's, it's really interesting how that stuff, uh, the physical and spiritual world work hand in hand. Right. But, yeah, that's what it took, man. It took me uh, hitting my knees and saying, look, fix me, you know. And but when I was ready to make that dedication, that that's when things lifted. Uh, that's but, great. That's great. You know, with my history, at 21, I was baptized. I didn't grow up in the church, uh, but I did grow up around, you know, I had friends that were Southern Baptists. I had friends that were Lutheran. I had friends that were Catholic. And I went the way of the Southern Baptists and said, you know what, let me dedicate my life. At 21 years old, worked for the sheriff's office, and I went and got baptized. And not one thing changed when it came to that energy. <laughs> okay, you know that, that's fine, but you know I've been I've been washed in the blood of the Lamb, so that's it. Whatever happens from here on out, man. <laughs> and you know, being on that side of the of of the the thin blue line, you see a lot of pastors and a lot of clergy at their worst. Oh, I'm sure. Doing things that they, you know, get caught doing. Absolutely. Begging forgiveness, begging not to tell anyone, let them go so their families don't get injured, their parishes don't fall apart. Uh, you see a lot of that stuff. So 
I was a young man when I decided not to put my faith in man. And Absolutely. I'm still, I'm still at that point. I can have a personal relationship with the spirit, but I will never put my faith in a man. Yep. Yep. I I'm with you on that a hundred percent. I I know exactly where you're coming from, man. And I even in even down to a denomination period. Yeah. I uh you know the, the church that we found to go to is non-denominational. He's like we won't we won't even put a label on ourselves at all. I we we follow yeah. Christ. Yep. That's where we stay at, you know. Yeah. Um I was yeah. just in Houston a couple of weeks ago and I drove by a very well-known, I was in the back of an Uber and we went by the, the very well-known multi, multi mega church down there that, uh, you know, certain individual runs. Yeah. And my first negative connotation was my Uber driver telling me, you know, when we flooded, they shut that church down and wouldn't, wouldn't, wouldn't help people at all. They weren't allowed in the church. They didn't want people in the church. You know, these people were all displaced. The church was fine. They weren't allowed to be in there. And I just thought, yep, <laughs> this guy has two airplanes, a giant mansion, you know, yep. God forbid you let these people that are displaced go house in that church while their homes are dried out. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, well, that shows you their heart, Dang. don't it? Uh, it shows you where their heart's at. That's right. Their heart's uh, and where their hand's at is in your wallet. Right. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Go ahead. Well, I absolutely love this conversation, guys. I appreciate <laughs> you for emailing me. Uh, I, I appreciate you for being a good sport, Dave, and just going along with it. <laughs> yeah, she got me twice. I don't know if she's going to give me a third time. <laughs> well, if anything else happens, man, that you all want to talk about, you know, um, if you do go back and uh, and have this regression therapy again, I would love to know how this plays out. Sure, sure. Um, no, I, I'm happy to share that out. He's going. Because <laughs> <listen to> <laughs> yeah. My mother threatened him that he has to do it by Christmas. <laughs> wow. Well, you ready to get your butt in the boat, I guess, man. Right. TikTok, TikTok. I'll be back to <laughs> Well, guys, uh, you all. Well, if you ever find yourself in the Ozarks, uh, look us up and we'd be happy to host you and show you around. Oh man, I appreciate that. I was in the Ozarks about two years ago. I wish I would have known. Wish That's I would have right. known. Beautiful area. Yes. yes, it is. I appreciate that, guys. You all have a good night. Do the same. God bless and uh, stay safe. All right. Likewise. Likewise. Take care. You too. That's it for this week, guys. Thanks for listening. If you want more content, if you want to submit your own story to be on the show, if you want to listen to past episodes or if you want to donate to the show, you can do all of that through thebumppodcast.com. So just go there, uh, explore the website, check it all out. If you want to sign up to be a member, it's super cheap. It's just $1.75 a week. You can cancel at any time. Get in on uh, all the, the new, latest, and greatest stuff we have going on. All right, so again, thanks for listening. I love you. God bless.
street of gold. His appearance is like lightning. Bless you, Dan. Sitting high upon his throne. Has ten thousands times ten thousand. personally ready to submit your life to God and accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior. The book of Romans chapter 10 verse 9 says it really simply that if you confess with your mouth Jesus as Lord 
and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. It's that simple. To be born again, to start a new life as a child of God, to join God's army, to rise up against the evil forces that you know are all around you. You don't have to do it alone. I love you. Jesus loves you. And may God bless you. Fall down on 
you'll be living better days. So come on up to this altar and fall down. Better